What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-hosts, Micah and Carrie. What's up? Uh, what is up is that uh, I have partaken in the wares uh, of a small fly-by-night independent company <laughs> called Valve. Uh, and they have a uh, they have a marketplace where you can buy games for the personal computer called Steam that many people have not heard of. I would assume I wouldn't know anything about that. Nah, it's, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's 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 very underground. I almost certainly um, don't have dozens and dozens of unplayed games in my Steam library. <laughs> you know, you can tell this is your first experience. It's pronounced Valve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, e, the, e is, the E is little, so I mean, it, it, uh, you know, it's smaller and than the rest I, of the world. I believe the platform that you're speaking of is called Water Vapor. <laughs> so I got Steam Deck. Came in last week. Um, uh, they're they're getting them out quicker because I, I put in for mine uh, back in June, I want to say, and got it last week. So they're, they're apparently making headway as far as the production goes. Um Talk about the hardware first, then I'll then I'll talk about a couple of games I've been playing. Um, it is funny, like going between holding this and like you get used to it, and then like you pick up a regular sized Nintendo Switch, and that thing feels like a small toy compared to the girthy, uh, heavy mass that is the that is the Steam Deck. Um, but the mass helps because not only do you have a more powerful machine, which is nice, um, you also have a better controller set up on there um it's you know d-pads much better than the switches the face buttons are a little bigger the analog sticks are the proper height that analog sticks should be and not tiny little baby sticks that you get on the on the switch joy-con controllers um triggers are much more uh have much more travel to them the steam deck also has four uh remappable buttons on the back of the deck which is uh which is pretty nifty uh and then you get those two track pads which are uh, I, I've, I've only used for navigation. I haven't really used them in a game so far. Um, be curious to see how well those work in games, because right now when I'm using them to just navigate in like desktop mode, for example, um, even on the slowest like trackpad speed there, they still feel a little too jittery and a little too fast. Um, but that's really the only like complaint I have about the control setup. Otherwise the hardware is good. Um, it is definitely a little mini PC uh, insofar as there are tons of little uh, settings customizations that you can do uh, to kind of optimize the performance for your usage case. Um, fortunately, so far, I've only used it at home, so I can just let it run uh, like blazing, you know, full speed, 60 FPS, max resolution, that kind of shit. Um, obviously, if I take it on the go and want to conserve battery life a little bit more, then that's where we might want to look at the you know, dropping, you know, limiting the frames and, you know, things of that nature. But all that stuff is there. Um, there's a lot more options there than I know what to do with as a uh, as a non PC guy. Um, but it's good. Like I said, it's it's big and heavy. But um, when you have larger hands, it's not too not too big of a problem. Um, you get used to the weight. Uh, I don't really it doesn't really bother me. Some people say that they get tired playing the playing in handheld mode for a really long time. Uh, plus, you can also um, much like the switch, plug it into like a USB C hub and output the you know the display and the sound onto a monitor if you want to. So like it kind of works as a little steam machine um if you want to as well. Uh the UI 
is okay. <laughs> I mean, like if, if you've seen if you've seen Steam, uh, it's it's kind of like that, but a shade worse. Yeah, like when my brother in law bought bought his over for me to check out, I was just, I, it felt so foreign. Yeah, <laughs> it it is like, not. Yeah, it is definitely utilitarian and not very. Uh, they're they're not thinking about the UX too much <laughs> in in terms of how it's designed. Um, I I feel like that Valve could spend thirty more minutes kind of like refining that and making it into a more polished interface. Um, but that's not really what they do, right? Like that's not really that's not really what they're all about. Um. Yeah. But it works like it works. OK, but I, I will say that for browsing, I'd much rather browse either on my on my Steam app, on my computer or on just their website. Just if you go to Steam powered um, and just do it through there, um, it's it's much more it's much more friendly to browse on there than it is to do it on the Steam deck. Like especially when you go in the store, like like it loads like half of the tiles for the different games on there, but then it kind of like reloads and it shifts your position around disorients you a little bit. So that's, that's not great. Um, but that's a minor quibble again. Like I'm not browsing the store like crazy on the deck itself. Um, of course I have put, you know, emu deck on there and, and have <laughs> like have emulators at the wazoo and I'm slowly, uh, slowly finding, uh, legally obtained, definitely not, uh, not illegal, uh, ROMs for games that I mm. own. Mm-hmm. At one point in my life, um, mm-hmm. to 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 load onto the system, um, which is working great. Emu Deck is fantastic um, for someone who, again, is surprisingly like PC illiterate when it comes to shit like this. Um, Emu Deck definitely makes it easy. It's just kind of like a one one install, and you've got pretty much everything you need um, in order to play your legally obtained uh, ROMs that are legal and not at all illegal um on on the deck and that works really well um even even to the point where i have like tecmo super bowl for snes but with modern day rosters which is which i think is is fun because <laughs> there are people out there that uh that do that sort of thing so that that's been really cool um so far i've only messed with uh like super nintendo and 64 um and psp weirdly games on on there so far but that's all that's all running really great so and the cool part is that um again not only can you customize controls for games uh like you have complete free reign over that but you can also download other people's um like suggested control schemes essentially that they've uploaded to uploaded to steam and then you can just kind of you know paste them in and and try different things and and mess with that kind of stuff so uh it's pretty cool um did you guys have any questions about this honking piece of hardware no, because uh, I just spent four days in a cabin in Virginia with the rest of my band, and two of them brought their Steam decks. <laughs> so I'm pretty familiar with what the Steam Deck is all about. I mean, <clears throat> it seems like a pretty nifty little thing. Um, mm-hmm. I personally see no reason to have one myself because I have a powerful gaming PC. So yep. I don't feel any need to take that with me when, you know, the kind of stuff that I would want to take with me anyway. It's all my switch. Mm-hmm. So I'm set. Um, but I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, the one thing that we were really running into problems with is it really did not want to connect to certain sorts of controllers mm-hmm. um, or it would not maintain a connection. Cause it's like, Oh, you can use any controller with it. And it was like, cool. Like it would connect to Xbox 360, Xbox one controllers. No problem. Connect to a, 
DualShock, no problem. Connected to a Wii U Pro controller, mm-hmm. no problem. Would not connect to the Switch Pro controller. Hmm. It like it would it would establish the connection, mm-hmm. and then after five minutes, it would drop it, and we couldn't figure out why. Hmm. Uh, and it was like in one room. But yeah, I mean, it seems pretty cool. Um, everyone who I know who has one seems to be enjoying the heck out of it. So I'm glad that there's a market for it. Uh, I hope it does well long term. I don't see myself getting one, at least not anytime soon. Yeah, I, um, I, I, contrary to, you know, everything that I've ever said on this show, I do uh, have a Steam account and do have games on it. I, I just get them, f- uh, I get the games that I like want to go back to, mm-hmm. um, that are like super cheap. Um, but, I, I, I just, this thing is, is all about portability and yeah, you can like hook it up to a monitor, but, uh, you know, I don't have a gaming PC, but I got like three other consoles Mm -hmm. that kind of have me covered. So the only reason I would get it would be for portability. I almost got it because of FOMO, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, but but my brother-in-law, he brought it over and we were playing like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and, and um, uh, he's like a big division guy. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's like one of those guys and just seeing stuff like, like that, like the division and, and stuff like that on, on a handheld is, uh, is wild. Um, it seems like, it seems super fun. I just, I just never. I just never, uh, like I would bring it to work and then I mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to get any work done. Right. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, I just can't, I just can't justify it. And believe me, I was trying to justify it. <laughs> See, <laughs> for, so for me, for me, it's, it's really, it's a cheap and easy entry into PC gaming. So like my, my main computer at home is a Mac. I don't have a windows PC, um, for personal use at all. And I'm certainly not installing it on my work laptop. <laughs> like that'd be a terrible idea. So for me, like, because like very, like a big percentage of steam games are not compatible on Mac. So that kind of takes me out of the running for a lot of things. Um, it also like for the games that I like to play, cause I pretty much gorge ex- almost not exclusively, but like 75% of my gaming is like indie games now is I can play those games like in the best way possible. I don't have to make compromises because there's a lot of like as as robust as the Switch's catalog is for indies, um, there are some games where just compromises have to be made, whether it's fidelity or performance, um, or just having to wait a really long ass time uh, for the games to show up on the Switch to become compatible on there. So that was it's really the reason that I got it. Um, I probably will hook this up to a monitor um, for some games, like I, like obviously for stuff that you know that I'm going to talk about today. I'm perfectly happy playing in handheld mode. Um, but also someone who plays my switch like 95% of the time handheld now as well. Um, this was a pretty, pretty good no brainer for me. Um, because again, I'm not going to go out and buy a windows PC and, you know, buy all the extra equipment that you need to get your games running as, as good as possible. Like that's just not my, not my jam. Um, so, so we're going to pass on that. Um, did you, um, did you do what, what, <laughs> what everybody who gets a handheld does and mm-hmm. just like, buy all the aftermarket shit 
Like, oh, I got to get a screen protector. Oh, no, no, no. I, I never buy screen protectors for any of my devices. That. Really? That, no. You know why? Because you're smart. Because you're smart. Yeah. You're smart and you're responsible. That's what happens when you're a grown-up. I'm responsible yeah. and also screen protectors, like, impact the the touch sensitivity of a lot of devices. So, like, I don't really. I have not had that issue. I have yeah. had a, an anchor <laughs> screen protector on my uh, on my Switch since day one basically and yeah. i've not had a single issue with it no nah, i don't waste my money on that shit so <laughs> <laughs> and, and again fortunately like the steam deck comes with the case which is handy like it's nice that you don't have to go run it's out a nice a case, case. yeah it's pretty it's it's pretty it's uh not like pretty some protective. piece of shit like bag uh i thought i thought he i thought my brother-in-law bought that case that's no. that comes with it yeah you get that just for <laughs> buying the steam deck like that's what it comes oh in. Yeah, so they're not. Uh, they're, I mean, like I said, you're paying a pretty penny. They but they better give you a fucking case for free, for Christ's sake, <laughs> clamshell. Um, but like I said, I so there, there's like a third party dock that's out there that I'm probably gonna get. Um, that's just basically a fancy USB C hub that has a kickstand built in. Essentially, Valve has one coming out next year, but I don't really feel see the need to pay the Valve premium for a device that's gonna be pretty much identical to what's out on the market right now. So. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, it's, uh, it's, I've been having a good time so far. I played it all. I played with it all weekend. Um, and it's been really fun. And there, and like, you know that I'm enjoying myself because there's a lot of games that I already own on switch that I have on my steam wish list now just to wait for when they go on sale. And then I can buy them on, on the steam deck and play them a little bit nicer, uh, than I can play them currently on the, uh, on the switch. Um, couple games that I couldn't play on the switch. So, so I ran to these right away. And this is what I've been playing all weekend, except for, uh, retro stuff. Uh, first of all, is Vampire Survivors, um, which is just a just a fun, simple game. It's so simple, um, and yet it's so fucking addictive. Just because they they took the less is more approach and they did it really well. So Vampire Survivors, I I would liken, uh, and I call it a slow moving uh, bullet hell game. Basically, it's like bullet hell, but in slow motion. So uh, the game is heavily inspired by Castlevania. Like that's that's obvious from from the jump. Um, You pick a character and each character in the game comes with a default weapon equipped. And basically, they dump you into this giant open map that you just walk around like the only control in the game is the analog stick where you control where your character moves. And that is because all of the weapons are on cooldown timers and they activate automatically. So like the one, the, you know, the base character starts with like a whip and the whip, you know, unleashes a, you know, a, a, a small localized projectile that, you know, can kill a variety of enemies uh, on one side of th- that you're facing that are close to you. And that whip will execute every second. So like every second you whip and then you wait a second and then it whips again. And enemies will drop these orbs that you collect to gain experience. And once you gain enough experience, you'll level up. And when you level up, you get one of three uh, new items that you can pick up. Sometimes they are upgrades to your existing weapons to make them more powerful. And then sometimes they are new weapons. And what's cool is that the new weapons all operate on their own cooldown timer. So, like, once you get a whip and a magic wand and a fire spell and a King James Bible that like rotates around your character's uh, body and killing enemies as it goes around. All of these things Bible specifically, it specifically says King James Bible. (laughs) Okay. It does. Otherwise I would have just said Bible. Um, That's fair. 
but basically all of these weapons are firing off automatically at the same time. So like you have this just like multi-handed, you know, ways of dealing damage to these enemies uh, just to drop more experience orbs to get more levels. And and basically the goal of the game is you're trying to survive as long as you can, because every time your character gets hit by an enemy, they take damage. And once they run out of life, then they die. And that's the end of your run. And then as you go through, you collect gold, um, which you will then return to in the main menu to unlock upgrades uh, so that you can start your run a little bit more powerful. And literally it's rinse and repeat. <laughs> like, like that's that's basically the game in a nutshell. But it is incredibly fun to just kind of get these different weapons and equip them and experiment with different builds and just see what works really well. Because obviously the enemies get more powerful and plentiful um, as the game trundles along um, to the point that once you get into like the later levels of your character and like once you're 15, 20 minutes in the game, there are literally like hundreds of enemies on the screen at one time that are all kind of converging because all the enemies also are, are basically converging in your position at all times. And so that's, that's kind of the thing is they're all coming towards you and you have to figure out the best way to maneuver around them without getting hit while doing as much damage as possible based on the cooldowns and the, uh, the directional necessities of the different weapons that you are carrying uh, on your person. And that's it. Like I said, there's tons of characters unlocked. Tons of uh, different items to unlock and level up and upgrade in the game. And this game's so fucking addictive. I've already played it for like three hours over the course of this weekend and done, you know, dozens of runs in the game so far. It's been a lot of fun. And the best part is it's five bucks. Like it's it's a five dollar game. It's it's some of the best five dollars uh, that you could spend. I think it's on Game Pass as well, if I'm not mistaken, besides PC. Um, how this hasn't come to Switch yet, I have no idea. Because it's a low fidelity game, like like the thing the thing that's tricky about it is like all the characters on the screen running at the same time. Once you get kind of up there, I can see where that might slow it down a little bit. But for the most part, it should be able to run fine on a Switch. Um, Vampire Survivors is great if you have a PC uh, or an Xbox. I highly highly recommend uh, giving this game a look. See a fantastic time waster game, um, a fantastic like put something else on in the background because you really just have to be paying attention to what's going on on the screen around you. Um, you don't have to think too hard about it. Uh, the other game that I've been playing a ton of uh, is Rogue Legacy 2, which is the yes. uh, long-awaited sequel to Rogue Legacy. came out a few months back. Um, it feels reductive to call it more Rogue Legacy, but it is more Rogue Legacy, but in the best possible way, because it's like literally what eight years of evolution of Rogue Legacy looks like in terms of different classes that are in the game, in terms of how the levels are laid out in terms of extra content in the game, like different side stuff that you can do while you're on your runs, more traits. They added a relic system uh, to the game or actually, no, they expanded the relic system because the original game, you could hold one relic at a time. And this one you can hold like as many as you want, but you take a penalty, the more relics that you hold to your health. Um, and it feels great. Like it, it feels great to control. Um, they have like a little, they, I think they call it like a spin kick where you can do where, which adds to the platforming options because you can basically do like a Mario spin uh, in midair to bounce off of uh, certain objects and also attack enemies as well. And man, rogue legacy two is fucking fun. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's so much fun. Um, it's a great iteration on what was already a solid first attempt. At, at you know, Rogue Legacy is kind of the original, uh, like roguelike platform game 
that came out many years ago. And then this said, well, what if we take this game and learn all of the lessons that and and kind of refine it with all of the things that we've seen from games like Dead Cells and, and other famous like roguelike platformers. And we kind of create this beautiful sequel and it's fucking great. Um, it is an excellent, excellent fucking game. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, and going to be playing it a whole lot more because I'm fucking addicted and man, it's fun. Like I said, just the different classes they, and they all play very differently from one another. Cause that like in the, in the first game, the classes like kind of played similarly. Like the only difference was like to the stats and like how much damage magic would do and things of that nature. All the classes play dramatically differently from one another in this game. They all have different weapons. Um, they have different special abilities that you can use and they all feel very, very unique into themselves. I'm very glad to hear that. I enjoyed the first Rogue Legacy. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that it's not available for Switch yet. Yep. Uh, I feel like it will be, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's coming, just no one knows yet. They just know it's coming. And uh, it's not available for Game Pass either. Yeah. Um, Dude, if, if you lo- if you loved the, if you like the first Rogue Legacy, you're gonna fucking love this game. Like it's it's yeah, so good. I, I can't I can't wait to play. Like I had a pretty good time with the original Rogue Legacy and um I've I've actually been looking forward to this. Um so I'm very, very happy to hear that uh that it's it's super good. Like I've seen like reviews and like everyone mm-hmm. is you know, but sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, people give like games that are ten out of ten that I just don't really you know. So I'm glad to hear that you you and I have when we are when we are in sync, mm-hmm. we're in sync. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad to uh I'm glad to hear that this is is really good. Yeah. It's it really is like they're just like, man, like you know how like Dead Cells and Hollow Knight were great. Well, what if we, you know, what if we just crib a lot of stuff from those games and just put it in this one? And that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what they did. Like it, like it, like it feels like Hollow Knight. Like as you're going around, especially as you gain the different abilities, because you gain different platforming abilities that are kind of like permanent unlocks throughout the game, um, which is pretty swell. Oh, they also like even convenient stuff. Um, like they have the ability to permanently unlock uh, portals in each of the different like realms, basically. So you don't have to traipse through the castle each time um, to get to or use the architect to get back to the area that you just were shit like that. Like, like also a lot of quality of life stuff and they kind of have to, because the, the levels are a lot more sprawling um, than they were in, in the original game. So it's, it's a longer walk to get back to some of these areas when you, uh, when you kick the bucket and pass on. Good. Excellent. Uh, very happy. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to what you're going to talk about next because I have no idea what it's about. But <laughs> before we do, I have to tell you people that you can go to densepixels.com slash fans to join our Discord. Um we uh we we talk about a lot of stuff there. If you got a stream that you want to advertise, go ahead and put it up there. If you wanna ask us a question, uh drop us a line in the post office. Uh, you can talk about whatever video game news you want or what you're playing or just anything really, uh, at densepixels.com slash fans, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe. Uh, you will be able to see, uh, Carrie and her star Fox. Oh, shadow the hedgehog. (laughs) Oh, shadow the hedgehog, the black hedgehog. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> Carrie celebrating the release of the Black Panther trailer by wearing the Black Hedgehog <laughs> shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, go to densepixels. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Uh, subscribe, hit the bell notification icon uh, to get all the dense pixels goodness and subscribe to all the TMP studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, such as the nerd apocalypse flag on black cinema, coming distractions and the weekly preview episode of the look forward political podcast. And if that's not enough for $5 a month or $50 for the full year, you get access to all of the premium podcasts. The airing agreements is no time to bleed. The men with the golden tongues upstage conversations and the full two hour episode of the look forward political podcast. I can't remember when mm-hmm. but i i seem to recall uh the people at the look forward political podcast saying that they are going to uh to it was a live stream we or? want to if we can find it so like the in next not this coming friday but the following friday there's gonna be a debate uh for the georgia senate between incumbent Raphael warnock and certified insane person and former NFL player Herschel Walker, um, which is going to be just insanity, I, I have to imagine. Um, I'll be just coming back from a trip uh, that night, so I'm hoping that I can uh, make it in time so that we can do it live. And I'm hoping that we can even find a stream uh, because typically Senate debates are broadcast on like local local television. So like and obviously we don't live in Georgia, so <laughs> it's a little bit trickier to uh, to find that. But we're going to try. Uh, if we can make it happen, then uh, we will we will commentate over the Raphael Warnock Herschel Walker debate, uh, which is really just going to be an hour of making fun of Herschel Walker. So. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an hour of uh, an hour of of Nelson Muntz beating up that kid, and then that other kid going stop, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> First of all, like a, that was not Nelson Muntz. That was a uh, Homer as Krusty the Clown uh, beating up the. Uh, the crusty burglar, which is which uh, was an, yes. analog, an, an analog for the ham burglar, uh, for yes, for crusty I, burger. So <laughs> I, for some reason, I had uh, Nelson Muntz. Uh, he made me bleed my own blood in my in my head, uh, <laughs> which sounds like something that Herschel Walker would say. Um. So yeah, densepistol.com slash premium. Carrie, uh, you've also been playing yeah. a game. I have. On, uh, on PC. That's been the, the talk of the gaming world uh, <laughs> yeah. for the last week or so. Yeah. Um, game of the year goes to Trombone Champ. And uh, I play trombone and I like video games. So the idea of a trombone based video game is uh, right up my alley. Very, very funny to me. Now we're, we're cutting to some footage of of how this game plays and it's this, this person's doing really well. Um, but this, this really underscores how imprecise this game is because all you're using is your mouse. And so you like, in order to go up, you just like, you roll your mouse up and down. Um, which by the way, is not how a trombone actually functions. But you know, I'm not going to sit here and explain the, different positions and partials and shit like that. That's, you know, that's not that this, this boils down to, um, in order to play a high note, you have to lean back. And at first I thought that silly. And then I looked at footage of myself playing trombone and realized that I do that. Um, so yeah, 
it's uh it's very funny uh all of the tunes are public domain except for the handful of like original songs that they wrote for this game so you've got uh god save the king you've got <laughs> yeah, they the, 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 Engli- the english breakfast in the background i fucking love yeah. it yeah the, the english breakfast in the background is really funny um like you can do uh, stars and stripes forever, which has like hot dogs in the backgrounds. Like, um, and, and Mike, I did, we weren't playing the audio underneath of it, but like, you really must listen to this game be played to, to truly experience it because you know it's doing good. It doesn't really sound. Yeah. Good. Like, like, like <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like a, a stereotypically bad trombone player playing over top of this, like this line, you know, music highway game. Yeah. Essentially. Um, it, but but the game knows exactly what it is. Like it is leading yeah. into it so hard, and yeah. it, it's insanity. Like like it's it, it's very funny to watch play. It's really funny. There is actually like a plot in order. For, it's like you you are not the trombone champ when you start the game, but in order to become the trombone champ, you must make packs with demons and baboons, and you must eventually <laughs> defeat the being. <laughs> Known as Trozam and uh, or Trezom, sorry, excuse me, um, which is uh, basically reverse Mozart, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and in order in order to defeat uh, Trazom, you must uh, complete the final song in at least the base game. They've actually added more songs already um, as free DLC. But uh, you must you must kill Reverse Mozart by playing like a sped up trap mix of Ina Kleina knocked music, and uh, it's the funniest shit. It's it's really good. Um, yeah, they've they've already added more additional um, like accessibility features and whatnot, and uh, they they added uh, this past weekend. Uh, a little song called the Mexican hat dance. <laughs> again, they're, they're just leaning hard into what's in public domain. Um, so I feel like we're, we got, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun songs that are in the public domain. So I'm optimistic that we're going to get a lot more trombone champ, but yeah, the game's really funny. So it's like 15 bucks. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Okay. I'm, I'm listening to uh, I'm listening to Xavier Woods uh, mm-hmm. play trombone champ uh, because he actually knows what he's doing and he's not yapping through the fucking video. He's actually just letting the the, the video speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And this this sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like even when you're doing good, it's still like it doesn't he's, sound, it doesn't sound that he's good. playing he's playing Hava Nagila. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this is pretty funny. Yeah. 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 Like I said, so, I, I I don't think it's a game that I necessarily want to spend fifteen dollars on, but if it goes on sale, I will probably. I would say it's worth just, fifteen dollars, just as a novelty. I, it, look, so it is. It is a novelty, but also like the gameplay itself. Once you get the hang of it, because you know you do have to sort of there. In order to like complete the game, you do actually have to like be good enough to get an S rank on a certain amount of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do actually have to get good at this <laughs> stupid trombone game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're you good, can. dude. It's really fun. <laughs> 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 I 
And of, and of course, because the internet is the internet, uh, there are already people that have found a way to use actual trombones as controllers for this oh, game, yeah. which is which is also very funny. Yeah. So. But also, it's like, again, like my musician brain is like, that's not how you play trombone. But, <laughs> but they did nail the posture because there are many photos of me leaning all the way back to play a high a and it's like i do i need to do that in order to play that note i guess so because i do it every fucking time when we play superman so <laughs> i guess uh, it's, trombone posture is is you gotta lean back so it's it's kind of also the same way that saxophonists like when they're about to belt out something crazy like like girth themselves as well like kind of oh, yeah. like like get into the stance mm-hmm. so <laughs> trumpet players yeah. do the same thing yeah, there's 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 like the 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 horn, there's the sax stance, and then there's just like the trombone, the posture. Like <laughs> proper trombone posture is absolutely the key to playing the instrument successfully, and you can and will injure your back doing so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? This is cute. This is very cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Xavier Woods play the Stars and Stripes forever, and he's like super intent. Like he's like this is fucking intense for him. Uh, yeah, this is funny. Okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it had been a while since I like laughed that hard while playing a video game too. Uh, speaking of abject hilarity, um, oh yeah. So to the shock of everybody, the sh- the shock and all, the amazement, the the surprise, the the the, the, the flabbergastness, the just just the the, the dismay, mm-hmm. uh, a, a great disturbance in the force rang out last week uh, when Google announced that they would be shutting down Google Stadia, this little games hobby horse that they had going for a couple of years. Uh, in January of 2023, less than three years uh, after the cloud-based service launched, uh, from Phil Harrison, uh, architect of many gaming destruction throughout his career, uh, we're grateful to the dedicated Stadia players that have been with us from the start. We'll be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google Store and all game and add-on content purchases made through the Stadia Store. Players will continue to have access to their games library and play through January 18th, 2023, so they can complete final play sessions. We expect to have the majority of refunds completed by mid-January 2023. We will have more details for players on this process on our help center. So, yeah, Google Stadia is dead. I feel like we need to go back to the episodes that we recorded when they announced stadio and stadio was coming out because i feel like we all took like an over under on how long this was going to last before google <laughs> very abruptly shut it down and i feel like two and a half three years was like right on right on the money for how long we thought this was going to last so oh so sad oh so sad <laughs> <laughs> bum, 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 no. I never I never did actually hook this up. Of course you didn't cuz you no. have a functioning brain cell and why would you? Yeah. I and and again like it's it's basically a free Chromecast is what they gave me essentially yeah. which which I'll take. Uh some people do want them to make this controller um usable on other platforms. So here's the thing, apparently so so for those that don't know the way the Stadia controller works is that it apparently works over Wi-Fi. 
so that like you're sending the Wi-Fi signal of the inputs that you're making in the game. And then the game like outputs that <laughs> outputs that input into the game again over Wi-Fi because it's all cloud based. So it's like whatever. Sure. Apparently there is a Bluetooth radio inside of this controller. They just haven't enabled it through the <laughs> through the firmware. <laughs> so like, they can easily <laughs> they can easily just fucking do that. <laughs> This company and, is this company is run by John Hammond. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, come on, look at this little like, a little 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 Chromecast Ultra that I've never fucking taken out of its <laughs> out of its box. Just chilling. What am I gonna do with it? I've got no fucking idea. Chromecast is an outdated technology that no one needs anymore because AirPlay is a thing. <laughs> Look, I'm not at all surprised by this. One, because it's Google, and this is simply what Google does with seemingly all of their side projects. Um, and and two, you know, it never seemed to work super well. Like, the latency in terms of, like, input versus, you know, action in the game. I I, I think back to um, my, my pal Gene Park posting a, a video of uh, Google Stadia where literally it's like he hits at something on the keyboard and then sits back and turns to the camera and then it happens after he's turned back to the camera <laughs> no, and I'm like that like it ain't it it ain't it that's not how this is going to be able to work long term like Jesus well I, th- I think so, the biggest I think the I think biggest thing that better, killed them still just the biggest thing that killed them is that like it was inscrutable because you had to still buy the games yeah. like like you basically had to buy a game that you didn't even like you couldn't even download on your console. Right. Like you were you were literally paying sixty dollars to get to open the gate to get access to stream this game through a cloud server like it, like you can say what say what you will about digital games and the problems that you know that conveys with games ownership and when game companies decide to stop supporting games or just delist them completely which is a problem that we need to solve for preservation purposes mm-hmm. but at least on PlayStation Xbox you know Steam whatever P- Nintendo Switch when you buy a digital game you're at least still you download downloading the game. the game onto your hardware like it like right. it's still existing and then like all those platforms except for Switch also have cloud options that you can use as well um, but it's not, you know, it's not you, for most people, I would imagine that most people are not cloud playing Xbox as their primary way of interfacing with Xbox. Like maybe remote play you're doing a lot, but cloud play, not, I would imagine not, not too terribly much or at least like I said, it's, it's there as an option yeah. to have a system completely based in cloud based gaming. Like your shit has to be on point and Stadia just never was like, like it just never worked the way that they advertised that it would work. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, like this was, this was inevitable, right? Death taxes and Google creating something and then just like abandoning it. (laughs) Um, I, I, it would be really scary if this company like, like focused (laughs) on, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like invented shit um instead of like like and this is this is one of the issues with like uh big companies mm-hmm. right like like and monopolies like 
they don't know what it's like to innovate because they've never had to. Right. Right. Or they, they do to a point and then it's like, all right, well, like we're, we're too big. Right. And this is why you don't need like mega corporations because mega corporations are among the, the myriad things that, that, you know, go wrong with them. They, they stifle innovation. Um, look, this is a good idea. Um, you, but you gotta, you gotta like do something with it mm-hmm. and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put the time in and, uh, you know, they didn't want to, I, look, I get it. I, I get it. But at the same time, like, like it, it's like crying wolf at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, but they, but what's funny is that they did, you're right. They didn't invest like time and like intellectual capital into it, but they invested a shitload of money. Like, not only between advertising, but, like, there were reports over the past several years that, like, they were paying companies, like, tens of millions of dollars just to get their games on the platform. Not even, like, for exclusivity. Just to have them just there. To have a yeah, like, they paid Rockstar, like, over $10 million to be like, we want to have Red Dead 2 mm-hmm. on Stadia. And they're just, like, fucking throwing money work? out. I mean, it, it was on the system. And you could argue, like, like the biggest... You, the the most arguable thing you can say is when cyberpunk 2077 first came out when it was like, you know, riddled with performance issues on different platforms, you could make the argument that stadia was the best place to play cyberpunk 2077 for like three weeks. Like, like that was, that was like an argument that you could make before they started to patch out some of the more uh, egregious bugs. Um, I will give them credit that they are not leaving their, the consumers holding the bag. On this, um, I, I do appreciate the fact that they are refunding um, hardware and uh, software purchases that were made. Um, it kind of sucks for, I mean, they're not refunding the $10 a month that people were paying for Stadia Pro or whatever the fuck their premium uh, service tier uh, mm-hmm. was, which came with access to, like, it was kind of games passy in some ways where it came with access to some games on the service, not all games on the service. So that's not being refunded as far as I know, but at least if you paid, you know, $130 for that founders bundle, or, you know, if you bought a couple $60 games, uh, through the stadia store that you will get that money back. Um, I think it's Google store credit. Though, so I don't even know if you're getting it back, like, like cash money in your yeah. account, which also kind of blows if that's the case. So, and I do think someone will come along and do better with this. Like, like you could argue that Amazon kind of already is, um, Luna, by staying under the radar um, and manages to avoid any scrutiny. I don't know anyone that's used Amazon Luna, but I've heard it works perfectly fine. Like, like I've heard it works. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they don't advertise. Like they don't, they don't put it out there and they probably God, themselves. the stadia ads when that yeah. shit was coming out. God, how fucking obnoxious was that? Yeah. So. Genuinely hilarious in hindsight too. Yeah. Now people are asking Google to figure out like, hey, like we want to get our save data off, like off the platform in some way, shape, or form. But I don't think mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, Google's not going to go pay anybody to figure this shit out. No. Yeah, like like hopefully, hopefully the individual developers can find a way to do some cloud save porting. But I don't know if they can do it in in enough time to no. to figure this shit out before the service goes down. Too bad. So yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure we predicted this. So yeah, yay yay us, I guess for uh, for being. <laughs> Having having the smallest amount our, of hindsight possible. Our, our finger on the pulse of this industry, aka yeah. having yeah. a fucking brain cell and knowing the 
very obvious history of what Google does with their side projects like this. So. Yeah, we're three we're three lawyers. We just looked at precedent and were able to make judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and again, I don't even think Google's done with gaming per se. Like I think that they will no. probably acquire like they'll probably just buy their way in, um, which is the smarter way to do it instead of having to make all this stuff. Uh, much like the Savvy Gaming Group, uh, or Savvy Games Group, I should say, uh, which is a, uh, I don't I don't know what you'd call it, a, like, venture capitalist company of some kind. Sure. Sure. That's, that, that's the most charitable way to say it. Uh, but it is yet again another um, white, like, whitewashing front for the <clears throat> Saudi Arabian uh, private investment firm. Uh, which has been throwing their money around into a variety of different ventures uh, in order to make opinion of the country slightly more palatable. Uh, they announced last week uh, that they intend to invest $32 billion into the video game industry as part of the country's wider initiative to diversify its economy away from oil. The highlight of this package is going to be uh, $12 billion earmarked for the acquisition of, quote, a leading game publisher to become a strategic development partner. In the games industry. So yeah, again, like there is, there is no, uh, there is no ethical capitalism or ethical consumption under capitalism. We've talked before about the Saudi government's desire to encroach into a lot of different fields, um, including a lot of fields that many of us are very fond of. Um, and this is just continues their, their venture into the games industry. Uh, unfortunately you're not gonna be able to avoid it. I don't think. No. So Look, I mean, these are this the the public investment fund, which is the Saudi Arabian um, sovereign wealth fund, um, has invested in uh, Tesla, has invested in Uber, has you know, if if you're existing in contemporary society, chances are you're interacting with some piece of technology or some brand that has some investment in it from Saudi Arabia. And that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, This is just, you know, a particularly large amount of money that they're trying to pump into the games industry all at once. But I mean, they're doing it because they realize that video games make money Mm -hmm. and they're trying to make money. So I'm not entirely surprised by this, but I'm also not losing sleep over it either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a mature way of that's a mature way of looking at like the world right mm-hmm. because like there are a lot of bad people there are a lot of bad actors out there and like mm-hmm. y- we don't live in a utopia and that's not an excuse it's not right no but but we also have to live um and you you got to do what you got to do i mean if you it, i i don't know man i just um I just, just, just know that like, like, I just want to make sure that we aren't being cynical Mm -hmm. in, in in that, in that this is clearly just so Saudi Arabia can continue to do like fucked up shit. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, here's a video game, right? Like it's the, well, here's the thing, you know, I don't think they're, they're looking to make even decisions as far as how video games are made. They just want to invest into companies so that they can make more money. It's not like they're going to be, you know, making major decisions about how these companies are run, which is why I think it's easier to look at this, you know, especially given what I know about the, the wealth fund and sort of how it's historically functioned over the years. Um, 
you know, it is what it is. Like, this is just going to be something that happens. Um, like, yes, obviously, Saudi Arabia has a terrible human rights record, like, <laughs> objectively fucking terrible human rights record. Um, and they absolutely need to get their shit together. But I find it easier to to look at Saudi Arabia's, like, public fund, you know, throwing some money into the video game industry um, as something that can sort of, you know, largely be, I guess, shrugged off mm-hmm. um, compared to, let's say, how Blizzard and Activision, you know, ran their fucking company and treated their employees like a Saudi Arabian money investment into a gains company is not necessarily going to have the same kind of impact on the industry or on the developers and employees who work for those companies as like the poor management at those companies themselves. You know, mm. I, I was, I found it very easy to be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to buy any more fucking Activision or Blizzard games until I see that they've gotten their shit together. Um, which is why it makes me roll my eyes big time with the amount of people who I've seen on Twitter um fucking jacking off about overwatch 2 getting ready to come out or some shit like that you know (laughs) nothing's changed at blizzard folks they didn't fix anything and you're ready to roll over and bend over and take it for the sake of overwatch but eh, you know whatever yes Yes, he says is he's definitely buying diablo for a launch day next year when it comes (laughs) out (laughs) but you, you know it's I, I understand that me saying that may be sort of like a really weird line to draw, but I, I think it sort of comes down to like, what kind of impact is this investment really going to have? Like Saudi Arabia is just looking to make money, period. Like that's what this fund is for. It's to make money for the country. Um, so they're investing in the games industry because they know it's something that's going to make them money. They're not investing in it so that they can gain any kind of massive creative control over the games industry. They're just doing it to make money. Mm-hmm. So uh, where the money comes from in the games industry um, doesn't necessarily have a ton of impact on the kind of games that get made. Yeah. And and everyone can draw their own lines as to far as as far as like what they consume. Like for for example, I consciously have not watched um, any of the crown jewel events that WWE has put on uh, pay-per-view because I don't want to directly support like what they're doing basically it, which which again is just sports washing um the company's misdeeds um just to make a shitload of money <laughs> in wwe like like i i hope that's one of the lowest rated uh pay-per-views that they get for as far as viewership every year because i i think it deserves to be um and again like you said carrie with you know let, let's say that they bought i don't know square just for a sake of example because i'm looking at the, yeah. at the dollar amount Am I still going to buy Square Games? Yeah, probably. Now, if if the Square Games end up having these like really you know subtle pro pro Saudi Arabia like women are bad and right. we should and we should murder journalists with bone saw messages like in the game, then maybe I might yeah. you know reconsider that a little bit and and right. <laughs> like like look at it a little bit differently. But like you said, we can't control um where where money gets spent essentially in the world. Um, you can't, unfortunately. And again, like you, like you also mentioned, Carrie, like there's a lot of areas that, you know, the Saudi government has already invested in that touch your everyday lives. They have a 5% stake in Nintendo for Christ's sake, as we talked about yeah, um, like, a little while ago. So. And nothing's changed at Nintendo. Yep. So 
They still haven't fucking released Advance Wars reboot camp. <laughs> Where is it? There you go. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna blame Mohammed bin Salman for the fact that Advance Wars still has not come out. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not Vladimir Putin, who's probably the actual reason still uh, that Advance <laughs> Wars has not come bitch. out. So. <laughs> the game is done. Just fucking release it. It is. It is weird that like what are we? What are we? Uh, nine months in. Months. It's been months. Yeah. This, wasn't it supposed to come out in February? March, like, I think. Yeah. Uh, just release the game. Like, you don't even have to tell anybody. Just drop it on the store and just be I like, just, just, look what we left here. Oh, no. It fell out of oh, our pockets. No. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> Give me the game. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's like. It's one of these things where it's like, sure, it's worth paying attention to. But as you said, Brad, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Yeah. You are free to draw whatever lines you want to draw. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, everything, too. Like, even, even if your dollars aren't going towards the shitty Saudi government, there is a multitude of other oh, yeah. shitty places yeah. that your money is absolutely going There's towards on a daily basis. There's plenty of really shitty investment firms right here in the United States yeah. that will take the money that they make off the video games and put right, it or into just, something or, you probably don't like. Right, or, or you know, shitty... Taxes shitty like anti-competitive like giant corporations that you're just throwing money at and and enriching yep. them and, and and all sorts of stuff so yep i'm uh, uh and he gets the alley-oop uh densepixels.com slash amazon for when you want to invest your <laughs> money into shitty corporations you can go to densepixels.com slash amazon and uh here you go you can invest your money you can you can you can invest your money by going to a shitty corporation like densepistols.com slash Amazon and then go buy yourself a Google Stadia Bluetooth gaming controller <laughs> don't, uh, don't. for $88. Don't, so don't you do really, that. <laughs> you want to throw shitty money after after uh, 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 worse money? Go to densepistols.com slash Amazon. On and then uh, buy yourself a Google Stadia Bluetooth gaming controller for $88 plus $9.99 shipping. Do they at least have a disclaimer on that listing that says, hey, by the way, this is going to be fucking unusable after, J- after January 18th next year? <laughs> they, they have it's Google Stadia Bluetooth gaming controller, um, bulk packaged, no Google Ultra included. I don't know what that is. The Chromecast uh, that, that that the founders packed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. So it's <laughs> not even the full fucking thing. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. There you go. Get wonder, yourself a, a Google Stadia. I wonder, wonder, wonder if I could sell this controller and Chromecast to some rube on eBay before. before uh, you late. probably can. <laughs> uh, you can. You can go on Amazon's marketplace and sell it for yeah. $88. So it's a collector's $10. item. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of speaking of buying and selling stuff, there's been a, a bit more shakeup in the uh, games media space today, uh, where uh, fandom, which is kind of like Wikipedia for the worst website you'll ever stuff. navigate. Yeah, it's yes. pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Dude, so, it's a lot of it sucks. A lot of pop ups. A lot of a lot of just like errant ads. All the place. <laughs> there's 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 a tweet literally from more than a year ago that I want to quote, where it goes: Ten years ago. Oh boy, a free wiki platform that every fan site can use. This will be so handy today. Okay, so in order to look up anything about any show, you have to attempt to access the single worst website ever designed by human hands. That's what <laughs> fandom is. Yes. 
Well, they now spent about $50 million uh, to buy a bunch of companies uh, from Red Ventures, uh, including GameSpot, Metacritic, TV Guide, GameFAQs, Giant Bomb, Cord Cutters News, and Comic Vine. Uh, all of those companies that were owned by Red Ventures uh, are now under the fandom banner. Um, <clears throat> according to Jeff Grubb of Giant Bomb, this is actually not – terrible news like i know i know it's instinctive to react with like knee jerk like oh shit like this is bad especially given all the uh issues that we've seen in games media lately with like the fan bite layoffs and and shit like that in recent news um but he said hey like we're going from a company that is literally just a venture capital firm that just was there to make money to a company that actually has resources to support some of the things that we want to do and has some know-how and you know some some decent uh people that can help us expand the amount the type of content that we're offering and things of that nature as well so hopefully not doom and gloom uh coming uh but again the 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 uh it's always bright in the morning and then you know we'll see what happens um later on so i would love to be happy for this to be somewhat excited you know as excited as you can get about like a bunch of nerd sites being uh consolidated but like unless the websites get overhauled mm -hmm. and and i'm not uh you know, I'm not seeing, I don't mind autoplay video ads. What I do mind is when I scroll down, they scroll down with me. Mm. Like that yeah. shit is fucking annoying. You know? <laughs> I fucking hate it. Yeah. Um, let's hope that, uh, let's hope that all the websites are, are, or at least I'm, you know, let's, let's hope that they're, you know, actual good websites and not something that like someone farted out of the 2000s. <laughs> Awful. Jesus Christ. Fucking hate fandom. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we go now to the Dense Pixels post office. You guys can go to densepixels.com slash fans and submit your questions that we will read and answer on the show. Just like Mark did when he asks, you guys win the Powerball. What are the top three things you're doing? Gonna call a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what somebody said. Right I'm gonna talk this. to my accountant. I'm walking into the woods, and you will never hear from me again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably not. I would buy a very stupid guitar. <laughs> that's the first thing you would get, huh? Uh, after paying off my house, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, after doing the responsible things, like seeing, like getting a lawyer, and like you know, going to your accountant and investing the majority of, of your funds. Um, I would buy a much nicer house immediately. Um, obviously pay off all my existing debt that I have. What's the third thing that I would do? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd go buy a, uh, I'd go buy a ridiculously expensive luxury watch as well. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, same with the first two, right? Like, you know, Get my get my wife out of debt because she's a lawyer and she's got lawyer debt. Mm -hmm. um, she she those, makes twice. She's got those thick student loans. <laughs> yeah, like it's fucking ridiculous, and we're trying to like get those paid off through the anyway. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, what am I doing? Like, I'm not into like cars. Mm -hmm. Um. 
and I guess some, he says, I guess something gaming related. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, maybe get, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'd, I'd buy a, I'd buy a, a, what's that thing that you have? A steam deck <laughs> and not use it just, just to buy it, just to buy it, just to have it. Ridiculous. <laughs> Mike, you just won $200 million. Well, I can finally afford a steam deck now. This is great. <laughs> I don't even care if I use it. <laughs> I'd probably go somewhere, right? Like, yeah, I would, I'd, yeah, I'd probably want to do that too. I would, I would, I would go visit Capcom in Japan. That's probably what I would do. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Japan. Um, uh, I, I'm, I, I've been told that I'll, go, I'll get to go when I'm 50. Uh, I would want to visit uh, Capcom headquarters just to see all that stuff because, like, they're my, they're my, they're my favorite uh, Japanese video game uh, developer. And uh, yeah, that's what I would do. I would go to Japan and visit Capcom. No, Mark's, so Mark's gaming question is, what game or series did you see blow up and think, I just do not get the appeal? Just don't right. understand it. Oh, the Last dude. of Us? Last of Us. That's, yeah, 100%. Like, I, look, I, under, look, it's a, it's a very good game. And it's very, it's a, it's a good game, right? And it's, it's, it's highly polished. But um, I just don't get the appeal of it's a it's an average stealth game um, with some decent but predictable writing. The 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 dialogue is good. The story is predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 like The Walking Dead, right? Like The Walking Dead doesn't refer to the zombies; it refers to the people walking around Atlanta, trying to trying to survive, right? It's The Walking Dead. Um, so I just don't, I get it, and I I acknowledge that it's you know good, but I don't a TV series, <laughs> really. <laughs> They're like they're really pushing for it to be this like enormous prestige multimedia thing, and I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it, yo. I just don't get it. Uh, mine has been bandied about several times over the history of the show. I just don't understand the appeal to Fallout series. Like I respect it, but I don't get it. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Right, like. But I can see that, but I can only see it because, like, I I like sci-fi stuff, but I mm-hmm. don't like retro sci-fi, and that is what Fallout feels to me. It feels like <laughs> it's a little future- retro sci-fi, and then like post-apocalyptic. I don't. Oh, know. I don't like post-apocalyptic either. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm in I the same know. boat. Like I I I like my sci-fi in space with yeah, with I like ships my sci-fi and lasers like, and shit. Clean. Right. Yeah. Like we're like we're, you know, either I, I'm fine with like some some Star Trek, like like, well, well, let's let's debate each other on an intellectual level. And then like then like if we have to fight, like we'll we'll stand back to back, turn, walk 10 paces, turn and fire our photons, uh, torpedoes and shit like I'm I'm I'm, I'm fine with that type of sci fi post apocalyptic sci fi just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. Everyone tells me that um, that new Mad Max, that new 
new. The latest Mad Max movie was just like the bee's knees. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I never got around to watching it because like, who cares? They're fighting for gas. Guess what? <laughs> We're fighting for gas here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit. Carrie, what was yours? Was yours Last of Us as well? Uh, you know, Last like... of Us and fucking Fortnite. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not 12, so I don't understand the appeal of Fortnite. I I re-downloaded it. I might try to get into it. <laughs> well, the no building mode sounds very appealing. I have to be honest. Yeah, like like you know. like you, you took away the part of the game that I knew I'd be the worst at, and now I feel like that I can I can jump in there and play with John Cena and 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 go, <laughs> go wrecking fools. So fucking flosses John Cena while yeah. Goku kicks you in the face. I don't know. Again. I'm not 12. I'm not a 12 year old boy. I don't understand the appeal of Fortnite. So, not, not, I don't know why this popped in my head because it's not got nothing to do with post apocalypse. Micah, I found a book series that I feel like would be right up your alley. I read the first book, it was, I couldn't put it down, and I'm on to the second one now. Uh, have you read the Jade City? Or actually, it's just Jade City by Fonda. I have not. Okay. I have not. So, allow me to give you the premise. Uh, in 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 three simple terms it's like what if the godfather had magic and kung fu and that's basically jade city okay all right so <laughs> all right. so like, like mash mash those three things together uh the first book like i said was excellent and i wanted the second um cam says and i and i'm i'm stressing that this is Cam's words that I'm reading mm -hmm. verbatim from, from the page. Since TNP doesn't really do a question anymore due to Jay's laziness. <laughs> Micah, what percentage chance do you give that Latveria is involved with Wakanda forever? One, you don't have to, um, you don't have to stress that this is Cam speaking. <laughs> Jay will never hear this. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's like, really... It's that's a bold move to assume Jay's going to listen to this. Yeah, he's not going to listen to this. Um, you know, so don't 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 even worry about it. You can say whatever you want. Okay, <laughs> next, next week, every every post office question could be something uh, about Jay. He'll never know. Uh, I I could even tell him, and he just won't listen to it because he's not on it uh, because he's that much of an arrogant asshole. Um, <laughs> That whole dude I told you thing isn't just some shit we made up. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, what percentage chance do I have that Laveria is involved in Wakanda forever? Um, I, I, I hope. I'm hoping. Um, I'm hoping they're involved somehow. Uh, but the only evidence that I have is, um, is. Uh, the scene in the trailers where uh, some commandos are taking over a ship. Uh, I can't imagine that um, that uh, Namor and his people, the way they uh, the way they seem to be operating, are walking around in camo and guns. Um, and I feel like this might be a play both sides against the middle type thing because, like, you're not gonna have namor be a full-on villain he's gonna be like an in-between guy right um so i'm saying 40 percent. 
Seems um, high. Um, yeah, I'm saying forty percent. But that's you know, that's me. That's me like wish wishing. wish casting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying 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 to try to manifest it into existence. Uh, Phil Wander asks, "What's the biggest reason behind why Stadia failed?" I think we discussed that earlier. Uh, Gerard says, "Quick, need to get at the Zoom review with my boss, and I need some good excuses." What are some good ones? I, I feel um, that you got to tell him it's coming out of both ends, man. Like, I, I, I feel, I feel like just pretending that you're having connection problems is is the way to go. Like, if you just like talk like at and and like like do kind of that shit. Like, I feel like that like you did, might be able did, to skirt disconnect your camera a couple of times. Yeah, the table. Yeah. Yes, that's always yeah. good. Yeah, just but you gotta but you gotta like. Like you gotta be ready, right? You gotta be prepped, right? You can't just be like, "Oh my god, this meeting is so bad. I need to get out of it." Shit, my mouse is all the way over there. <laughs> like you can't, like yeah. you can't. Do, you gotta be, you gotta be ready. You know. Um, look, man. Uh, I think that you have a, a, a child. Um. Uh, I, and I. And I know you have a, a significant other uh, because I follow you on Facebook. Uh, you're a really nice guy. By the way. Uh, you're a very positive person. You, we need more of that uh, out in the world. Look, just do what what I tell my wife to do and what my wife tells me to do when they need me to like save her. Like I'll text her and and she'll just be like, I, "I need you to save me," and she'll just come running in and just be like, "I, I need you. I need you. I need you." Like. <laughs> emergency and it was like oh shit and we got the baby now yo we got the baby now shit crying <laughs> it's just like oh guys sorry i gotta go i gotta go take care of the baby the baby's crying you hear the baby don't you mm, damn sorry <laughs> so yeah get a get a uh get a recording of a child crying their ass off and um and then and then you can have some very interesting conversations when you get back uh, to the next meeting. <laughs> and finally, uh, T-Watch says, we all know that the WWE's had terrible ideas for wrestler gimmicks over the years, but out of the four, which is the worst? And he gives the examples of Crime Time, uh, <laughs> the Mexicals, Eugene, uh, who was a, who was a uh, mentally disabled uh, wrestler, mm. and Chava Guerrero as Kerwin White. It's Eugene. It's Eugene. <laughs> it's Eugene. Like not not knowing the context for the others, I'm gonna have to go with Eugene. Well, crime time is exactly what you think it is. It Two is, black it is literally exactly white beaters with jeans and Tims, right? <laughs> and they steal shit. They used to. They had a whole run where they would steal like leaders' panties and shit. Like, what the fuck? The Mexicals used to ride out on riding lawnmowers. Okay, and and they were Hispanic gentlemen. If you couldn't, of course. Couldn't <laughs> and uh, and Chavo Guerrero, uh, noted uh, noted Mexican wrestler, who is from an incredibly famous wrestling family. Okay, like like the Gore- like you say Guerrero, you instantly think wrestler, right? Um, as as a as a as a Hispanic man who is playing a character that is a, a a sellout, a white guy, whose catchphrase was, if it ain't white, it ain't right. 
Eugene is the worst. <laughs> because all of those other like all of those other things, like I can kind of I can kind of they feel like choices that mm-hmm. people make. Whereas the Eugene like people with mental uh uh disabilities or shortcomings or what have you, they generally do not choose that. Uh, so that is my, that is my reasoning why Eugene is just the worst. And look, they didn't make Eugene like the butt of jokes. Like they, he was like, he was like, he, he was meant to be a character that was like, Hey, it's inspirational, right? Like, but then you're just exploiting, then you're just exploiting people like that. And like, it would be one thing if the guy who played Eugene was had some sort of mental disability or or setback but he didn't he's just playing it right like and didn't do it well yeah eugene really kind of offended me man (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 kind of hard to dismiss your uh to dismiss your uh your your logic there uh the only the only thing against it is that WWE has a long and storied history of really bad uh, Hispanic <laughs> gimmicks that they've used yeah. over the years, uh, like yeah. the Matador, Tito Santana, and, and and all sorts of things like that. So, yeah, they they haven't done well uh, in in that regard for sure. Yeah, I think Mexico's might be second, uh, just for the fact that they're riding out on riding lawnmowers, guys. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> waste of lawnmowers like jesus christ man God. feel like um, feel like like yeah any anytime wwe wades into into like ethnic stereotype waters with gimmicks it's never it's never a good time they don't do it too much anymore because again it's a different it's a different time but like you remember- it's 20 20- me too, and we can't fucking be doing that shit anymore, Yeah, but, but Mikey, you, of course, remember Kai and Tai as well, like yeah. the, the very stereotypically yeah. Japanese uh, Jesus faction. Christ, don't be Asian. Don't be Asian. <laughs> Holy shit, man. How, don't be how Asian. Many, how many different tag teams <laughs> did they stick with, like, the Oriental Express moniker in the, in the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s? Jesus Christ, man. And when you get to WWE, you better speak the Queen's English. You better, you better, <laughs> you better not have any kind of accent. You better not have any kind of, but your English, if it's broken, you better tape that shit up. Because <laughs> they are going to have you riding lawnmowers in, in fucking WWE. Jesus Christ, man. Like I said, it was, it was a different a different age for sure. <laughs> back in the, back in the early, early to <laughs> yeah. mid, early to mid aughts. <laughs> which is which is when most of these gimmicks were uh yeah took place 20 years ago wow. not even in some cases right like like like, <laughs> like eugene eugene, eugene Jeff definitely ran into like the 0506 range for sure 20 years ago <laughs> What are you talking about? 1996 was 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if only if only that were true if only um like some part of my brain that truly believes that yeah uh, so, again, thank you guys for submitting your questions on the Discord, which is, again, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show as well as all the other TNP Studio shows wherever you download fine podcasts. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Hit the subscribe button there. Click the bell icon so you are notified whenever new episodes get posted. You can also go to den- twitch.tv slash densepixels, uh, twitch.tv slash densepixelsbrad. 
or Apparition 410 or Suppets Carry uh, to follow both the channel and all of our individual accounts, except for Micah, who is quite lame and not on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> What can you do? What can you do? Uh, exactly. You can tune into us next week. Actually, no, you can't tune into us next week because we're not going to have a show next week because Brad is not going to be in. Damn. Which you know what? Very... You know what you can do? You know what you can put on your calendars instead? October 21st, Quick Save is playing a show downtown in Baltimore at Map Technologies, which if you're in the local fighting game scene, you're probably already familiar with because apparently they're a bit of a hub for the uh, area FGC. But uh, they're hosting live music for the first time with an event we're just calling Game Over. And it'll be uh, my band Quicksave, along with our friends in Garbage Masher, uh, Wazdi, and our buddy Mon. So it'll be four hours of video game tunes, plus access to the whole gaming lounge. And it's just $15 when you buy your tickets in advance. So if you're craving MAGFest and can't wait until January, you can come get a get a hit of uh, a mag equivalent experience in downtown Baltimore. So you should come out all ages. Um, does the uh, master of ceremonies of that event um, begin the festivities by proudly announcing the name of the event in the style that Raul Julia does as M. Bison? No, Game but I, over! No, but... We'll make it happen. We'll make it work. <laughs> That's kind a free one. Kind, kind of in the mood to watch Street Fighter again. I only because last night I had Under Siege on in the background, and Ken from Street Fighter is in the first Under Siege movie as well. I was like, man, that's like the two. <laughs> it's like the two movies that he was in is Under Siege and Street Fighter. So now, now I've got a hankering uh, to watch that. Did Mike? Did you also know that the dude that played Max Shrek's son? In Batman Returns is Zangief in Yeah, in, he's Zangief. Yeah, yeah, I did not know that until very recently. <laughs> so the weird the weird things you find out by surfing around on IMDB. So Hey man, that guy's got a range. He, he it's very limited, but it's it certainly exists. That's for sure. Uh thank you guys very much for watching and listening, and we will see you all the next time. See ya. See ya. See ya. <laughs>